Hello and welcome to Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a great guest coming on today. We have Tymaine Clay. Now, full disclosure, Tymaine Clay and I have been friends for quite a long time. I cherish our friendship and uh, I think he's one of the one of the best people I've met in a very long time. I consider him a, a very special and close friend of mine. We were in Arizona this last summer for our movie, When the Fever Breaks. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with him. He was such a great person to talk to. And uh, I care about his family. And I wanted to bring him on for this episode. Now, I want you... I know if you've listened to these episodes before to understand that Forgotten People was a show specifically created for the homeless and the disenfranchised people in America. I retooled it for Black Lives Matters. So I didn't change I didn't want to change the name. So I got blasted a couple times for you know, forgotten people being the title. People say, like, I'm black, I'm not forgotten. It's like, that. that's really not the point. Uh, I made the title before this, uh, before I made these episodes, and it was meant for the homeless. It was meant for the disenfranchised. It was meant for uh, people who had no advocates. And i got to be honest with you, it kind of fits a little bit. Now, I, I had a person write on my Instagram today, um, what, you know, when I, when I posted, he goes, uh, I'm a man first. Now, this was a black man who said, I'm a man first and put up all his hands of all mutual colors and all that stuff. Well, that's not the truth, bro. That's not the truth, man. You know, um, right now you're a black man. Because he was black. So you're a black man first. You know, it reminded me of the conversation of all lives matters. When he wrote that, that's what it reminded me of. All lives matters. Well, listen, if you have a burning building over there and a, not a burning building over here, what's the most important building? It's the, it's the burning building. Right now, it's black businesses Black places that are being burnt down right now. So what am I supposed to say? All lives matters? It doesn't. Not at the moment. Black lives matters. We need to we need to focus our energy. And the interesting thing is people are, are so angry, you know. So angry that I, I I myself, you know, I'm a very sensitive human being. I'm very sensitive. So I take a lot of things personally. And, you know, quite honestly, right now I'm, I'm a little monotone because I, I, don't, I, don't give, I don't give a shit. You know, if you're going to come at me with, like, all lives matters, go, go F yourself, bro. Go, just simply go F yourself. And what I loved was the Confederate flag being destroyed by NASCAR. NASCAR came out with with a with a tribute saying like we're getting rid of 
NAS- NASCAR's uh, Confederate flag, saying that it was no longer welcome in the NASCAR family. Well, some people took um, offense to NASCAR coming out and saying that uh, they were getting rid of the Confederate flag as being a representation. You know, Ray um, Casirlia, I believe that's his name, Casirlia, he said, I'd like to announce I'm retiring from NASCAR after this season. I cannot drive a car for, for a league that won't allow my special flag. That was hilarious. NASCAR retorted by saying, we actually had to Google who you were. I'm sure your dozens of fans are sad about your crusade to defend participation trophies. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm an American. I love American truth. I love American history. I, I adore it. I'm a first-generation American that adores American history. The Civil War was about people who put up arms against America. They were anarchists. They were not the kind of human beings that you would want to know. They were slave traders. They were plantation owners. You know, they were some pretty evil human beings. And then when you look at some of our bases that are based on them, like Fort Bragg, and you had a lot of our officials saying, we are more than happy to, to think or talk about changing the name of these bases. And I, I'm going to give one name out there. Like, how about um, uh, Senator McCain? How about Fort Senator McCain? Fort McCain. He's a hero. Instead of these weaklings, these weak human beings who put up arms against our own people that try to kill, insurrect our own human beings in the North. They lost their war. And I don't understand why we have statues of them. You would never find that in, like, you know, on Nazi Germany. There's a law in Germany to put up statues against like Hitler and Gambles and Hemmler and all these other jackasses. There's no, there's no law in America to put these people aside and say, you don't have the right to represent America. You don't have the right to represent America for, for, for several reasons. Number one is you try to fight America and you lost. Number two is you try to fight America for a, a losing reason and you lost. Number three is you guys were horrible at what you did. You guys weren't good generals. You guys were not good generals or else you would have won. So why should we name bases after you jackasses? And we have, you know, number 54, you know, protecting these names. And that that makes zero sense to me, man. That makes, listen, go out there and vote. That makes zero sense to me why you would protect and advocate for these losers, losers.
to be on our Army, Army, Army Naval Marine bases. Makes zero sense. And why we have statues of them, well, you're finding out very quickly, like in England, when they just drop-kicked a slave trader's statue into the, into the river. <laughs> they just drug him, drug him down and brought him to the river and threw him into the river. You're finding right now in Louisiana, Kentucky, Georgia, and other states, they're doing the same thing. They're putting paint over them. They're dragging them down. And you may think to yourself, God, that's, that's, that's harsh. That's, that's a little bit more than, than I want or a little more than I would expect. Listen, this has been happening for a very long time. We've been having this discussion for longer than I have been alive about why these statues exist and why they should be put down. And people refused to allow them to be put down. I'm going to make one more point before we bring in time in right now. You know, I meant, you know, I, I spoke about um, one, one, one of our great heroes, Senator McCain. And the one thing he regretted before he died God bless his soul, was allowing the Confederate flag to be raised in his capital and defending it. He said he'll live with it for the rest of his life, which which was not much longer than when he made that point. By the way, he died really soon after that. But I believe he meant that. The Confederate flag has no place in America. It means only one thing to people, racism. That's it. Now, it may mean something to you, but I don't care. The N-word might mean something different to you. I still don't care. You should, still shouldn't say it. And I bet you 50 bucks you wouldn't say it with a room full of 50 people that were black. That shows you how you feel about that subject. So that Confederate flag is just gone. And hopefully in my lifetime, I'll see it destroyed. Let's bring on Time Man Clay here. What a great friend of mine. Let's give him the clap. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> I feel a little weird saying, saying I'm going to give you the clap, but... <laughs> Well, the first thing I definitely want to hit on is to piggyback a little bit off of that whole event with the um, Confederate flag. I think his name was yeah. Ray Caruselli. I probably butchered his name if I did. My apologies. But the whole point that he was making when he was talking about everyone should um, basically be able to wear or fly whatever they want to fly, but he also at the same time said, I don't believe one should kneel during the anthem. So he himself has said there should be certain restrictions on what one should be able to display, if you will. And so with that being said, he himself already contradicted his own argument because, let's put it this way, if everyone should probably want to fly, you don't see nobody flying any swastika flags out in the real world. Right. Why? Right. Because that can cause, that symbolizes harm, and that can cause outrage and possibly further harm to our Jewish Americans. You don't see people um, 
able to shout fire in a room of a building full of people who consider harm if the stampede happened trying to get out. And you have to understand, yes, okay, the Confederate flag may represent some good Southern values, but at the same time, it also represents uh, slavery, which was a Southern value. Sorry, as part of history. And within that slavery that comes through, that is many years of you calling black people things, property, which is what black people were back in those days, which is why they didn't have the freedom that the Constitution provided for men and women, because they were not considered men and women back in those days. They were considered property, which is also why you were able to, at that time, split families apart, because property cannot get married. Properties don't have any definition of marriage and family. You do as you do a goat or a cow. Same difference back in those times. So with that being also sewn every stitch of that flag, you have to eliminate it in order for progress to happen because it represents harm to a certain community of Americans because whether, they, whether people like it or not, yes, black people are, community, are Americans. <laughs> Americans, Americans. Americans first. Um, I won't say black second because you're black, born black, but, but Americans as equal as black. And they have to, re- and there's a thing people have to realize. So that's one of the reasons why, yes, the flag needs to go. <laughs> and, right. and until it's gone, you are promoting violence to a certain group because that is stitched into there, that violence happened. That flag has caused people getting raped, killed, lynched, and families have been split apart. And it has also considered a greater, some degree, I won't say rape, that's too strong. Well, I mean, it's too strong a word, but it's greater crime of all, which is the stolen of good form of people's heritage. Like, I was talking to my cousins the other day about this, because um, a lot of them identify themselves as African-American, and I always say black American. I do recognize that I am part of the larger African-American community. There's no denying that. But I tend to always say, always say I'm black American over African-American, or I am black for short. And what I mean by that when I always say that is because when, because I cannot trace my route back further than the slavery days. At that point, it stopped because I lost that part of the heritage because my family came from slaves and that part was stripped from them. And when you speak to a lot of people, you know, white people, um, Asian people, everybody, you will notice that they don't say when they're amongst the friends, hey, I'm white. No, they, they, we're saying our real country. Hey, I'm Irish American. Hey, I'm Italian American. I'm saying certain countries where I'm from because that's where my heritage is from. I know the heritage. So that's what they say. They say the heritage where they're from. My wife, Mexican American. She knows the heritage where she's from. And even people who African Americans who are immigrants, um, like recent immigrants from here, who hasn't, you know, didn't, didn't have to be brought in by slave. They won't say that, they won't just be saying they're African American. They're gonna say what country they're from, you know, Zimbabwe. They're gonna be saying, you know, they're gonna say the country they're from. They, we, as me, Africa is not a country. Africa is the second largest continent in the world. I don't know which country I'm from. My country, my heritage 
kind of starts for me in slavery days. And also, I don't want them, I don't want other people to reckon to believe that oh yeah he's African American he he's all right you can, you can skip over that slavery part he's good no I'm black I'm, I'm black I'm, I came from black slaves we had a struggle we had a fight we got raped we got molested we got lynched we got killed and we came together and through coming together somehow we were able to persevere long enough to make it past slavery to get ourselves free and make our lives here in America for our children and our ch- children's children. Right. We have come far, and that should not be erased. So that's why I always say black American first. <laughs> yeah, I, I realized a long time ago, around 15 years ago, that when the term African American made very little sense to me, because a, a lot of people that I, I knew were like from Ethiopia, were from Jamaica, were from very different places. And they just put out that straight out African American just didn't make a lot of sense. So I went back to Black American about 15 years ago. I went back to Black American, and uh, you know somebody wanted to make correct me. They they can correct me, but you know nowadays we are saying Black American because uh, there there is no guarantee where your generational purview is coming from. Right, and and don't get me wrong. Anybody who wants to African American, I'm not going to go and. You're wrong. I'm right. No, I'm not going to fight you. I think everyone should go what's best fit for them. And for me, what best fit me was a black American. What best fit one of my cousins, some of my cousins are African American. And and as, as long as we both can respect it, we both can respect it, you know. But I do feel like that's the reason why I, myself, was claimed black American because yeah, if I, if I, I wanted people to know it. If yeah. I was black American, I would have said Wakanda American. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I would have said, man. I swear to God, I would be like, "What kind of American?" Oh my God, I wish, dude. You, you know, you know how many white Americans had to be taught that Wakanda was not an actual part of Africa. It's it's amazing to think about, bro. It's like, what what are you thinking about? But, you know, I've had the same thing about, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And when I, you know, teaching Kung Fu for over 30 years, I had so many people has asked me if those things were possible in the mm-hmm. movie. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and I'd, ha- I'd have to explain to them what it meant philosophically. Right. Like when, they were flying the, like when they were flying through the air, like students would say, like, they were flying so high, it looked like they were flying through the air. So it was more of a metaphor. So I would like try right. to teach them about that. But in their, in their minds, they were like st- stuck on the thought that it was a realism. And they, they look at Wakanda like, oh, like there's a real Wakanda in Africa. It's like, dude, if there was a real Wakanda in Africa, do you think apartheid would have existed? Like, give me a right. break. The, the, Dutch, <laughs> the, Dutch wouldn't even set, the Dutch wouldn't even put their feet and Africa, jackass. So no, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. There would have been no Africanos. There would have been no Mandela. There would have been none of that crap. So you know what I'm interested in is that you know you you yourself have a, a mixed family. You you, you, you you you're right. You you have a you have a white wife and you have mixed children. Well, Mexican American wife. She just yeah sometimes looks yeah. a little bit white. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I definitely uh, have a mixed family, but I have, yeah. as, I, I, I will 
full disclosure. So um, I've been married three times. She's my third wife. Yeah. My first wife was black. My second wife was white. And then when I met my third wife, who's Mexican-American, she looked at me, she looked at all the other wives I had, and she was like, I don't know what type of, you know, um, rainbow trip exploration you're trying to do, but you're stopping right here. So don't think about any Asians, Indians. You're done. <laughs> may, may I ask you a question real fast? I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you because I, this is your no, forum and I want you to speak, but did you have children with those other women? Then who gives a no, shit about I was, them? I was. Um, then, then who gives a shit about them? You had children with this one woman. That's the only one yeah. that matters. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You, you didn't have children with them. You know, I mean, yeah. that that was like a test run. You have children with this woman. That's what mm-hmm. matters. And, and, mm-hmm. and I know I'm probably gonna get blasted for saying that, but that's just how that's just how i feel you know like listen if you didn't have children with 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 a woman you know it's like it's a marriage that just 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 didn't work and another one it just didn't work but if you have children with a woman that's that is a family and you have a family there and that matters oh yes definitely and it's funny because within the obviously the world today it's more important now than ever to really hold on to those family values and hold on to what we should be teaching our kids in the future to come, um, especially like with everything that's happening and what we should be bring forth to their knowledge. Because the funny thing about it is that my son, I mean, he knows, he knows he's, you know, he knows he's mixed. He knows his mom is Mexican American. He knows I'm black, but he doesn't act, totally understand all the historical and, and, powerful nature of those of that knowledge like he doesn't understand that oh you know there was apartheid oh there was slavery oh you know being black can condemn me as quickly as as uh, as honor me depending on where i'm at and who i'm talking to so he he doesn't realize that yet um and my daughter's only one so she definitely doesn't realize that yet and he doesn't also you know all he realizes that He's on Earth. Yeah, you know, you you're uh, you lighter than me, but everything's fine. You're darker than me, but it's all good. We all good friends. My family mm-hmm. comes in all shades. Who cares? <laughs> right. And so right. he has a very good spirit about the whole world and everything. So so far, fortunately, um, he has been spared what's been going on so far today. But even now, we have to kind of open his eyes a little bit to what's going on today, so he understands certain things, like because. I think that's a problem a lot with people or together. We don't understand certain things, so we do not we do not get why things happen the way they happen. Like I know a lot of people who look at the police and they go to me and they be like, "Well, the police, you know, was protect and serve me, protect and serve the people. So we need them to protect people before the police." I'm like, "No, don't do that." You got to understand what the police job is. The police job is not to protect and serve you. Yes, it's on a car, but is protect and serve the laws of the city. And where you fall in that law of the city will depend on what they do with you. It's not meant to protect and serve you. Congress is meant to protect and serve you. The president is meant to protect and serve you. The police is meant to execute a law. So you want to call them to arrest somebody, you call them. You want to call them 
for a certain action to happen? Yes. Do you want to call them just make sure everything's okay? They're not. That's not a job. They're not about to serve you. Whatever the law says, that's what they're going to do. Both the written law and unwritten law. Make it as you will. <laughs> they will do. Um, so that's the thing people got to realize. And once you realize that, then you can know when you should contact them and when you should not. And also keep in mind, I always tell people, when you contact a police, who are they? Think this logically. They are right. a stranger with a gun. Stranger could be a good stranger, but stranger could be a bad stranger. You don't know. They are strangers with a gun. All you know is they come with a gun. That's all you know. And if you are somebody of my complexion, you also got to know that that person, that stranger with the gun may have intent to help you, but you also may have intent to harm you. You do not know. So you should take certain safety precautions yourself. I would never, like, if a cop try to pull me over, I'm not getting pulled. I'm not pulling over right away. I'm going to a place where there's people <laughs> because I got to pull over, but I can choose where. And you do, you do those type of things. Get people around you, people you know, if possible, who can help. So you have somebody you know with the stranger, but you have to understand what a cop is. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think all cops are bad. But at the same time, I know that they don't know me, and I don't know them. So why take right. that risk? Same thing, we take a risk of any other stranger. Why take the risk of a cop? So I said, you still know how you have a gun. Have you, have, you had, have you had strange experiences with police officers in your lifetime? Um, a, a few. I mean, the, I, had a, I had maybe like one or two strange strange experiences with the cops and so forth, um, which is odd because I've been a decent activist during my younger, younger during my earlier years. Um, but I usually understood the concept of what I was, because one, first, when I was first uh, going to my college years and so forth, I was going to school as a lawyer. So uh, lawyers set me straight on how I should look at certain things. And so with that being said, I knew that, okay, what side of the world do I fall on and make sure I fall on the right side of the world where they can't take any action or they shouldn't. I want to gauge the officer <clears throat> so I know what's going to happen. So for me, like, my altercations have been, uh, this goes through to when I was um, having a relationship with a white woman. We, we went to basically make out in a certain a white neighborhood, a cop stopped us, and the cop asked the, the white woman I was with, um, she was a bigger white woman, the cop asked the big white woman I was with, with, hey, are you all right? And my first response to him was like, she said, I'm, she's fine. And I said, I'm fine too, which was code for him to realize, know, him know that he kind of messed up because he had to ask both people, are you all right? He just discriminated. Uh, and since he didn't know who the white woman was and her, and where she may fall into the realm of spectra, he had no choice but to let us go with a warning. Even though some degree we would have been in the wrong for possibly, I won't say indecent exposure, but possibly trespassing. But he couldn't, he couldn't make that claim because he also committed a, he also committed a wrong, which would get him in trouble. So you have to kind of know what the laws are. And you have to kind of know when to execute those laws and when not to. Because, again, like I said, 
that stranger is a stranger with a gun. So you got to also you be careful when you state your, make your statements. You got to know that if you touch anybody without intent, that's considered assault. So if you touch a cop, brush a cop on the shoulder, pat him on the shoulder, try to get attention, you just assaulted the officer. He didn't ask you to touch right. him. He can get arrested. So you have to know these items that most people don't know. It's actually it's begging for help most of the time. And then they find him find himself getting arrested. They don't know why. He's here to execute a law. He just broke a law. He's executing it. And he doesn't like you. So there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, he, I know your I know your mama. You know, she's she's a very strong woman. When you were mm-hmm. a child, did, did they did they did your mama teach you like how to act? Like if a cop pulled you over, or how to act when no. like white white kids went against you? Like what was that like? No, um, no, 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 my mom didn't teach me uh, those things. I had to learn those things on my own. Um, uh, one quick altercation that I did learn that she did tell me, but she told me about a story where. Uh, my dad, he was driving home one day. I'm not sure it was during my birth or, or like when I was first born. Um, I was in the car. But he said she, he was driving home one day. And he, and the car, he was in front. Of, he was behind a cop car, and cop car turned right. He turned right. The cop car turned left. Right. He turned left. Cop car turned right again. He turned right again. The cop car finally pulled over, came out without a gun, pointed at him, and basically saying, "Why are you following me?" And then he, you know, obviously, so I was licensed, wait, license, showed them and said, and pointed to his right, go, that's my house right there. I'm just going home. And you have to ask him, what elicited that response? So life taught me that because I'm a kid who, um, like, I didn't grow up in a poor neighborhood. I grew up in a middle-class neighborhood. So hmm. I went to the white schools. A lot of times, so I had to go to my experiences firsthand. When sometimes I meet some people, and some people are okay with me, some people are not okay with me. I got it from both ends because obviously, um, why are you trying to be white? What school, what school or do you go to? The other way, you know, why are you, <laughs> why are you trying to be black? And I'm gonna do like, um, I am what I am. I mean, you, you want to point something at me, that's fine, but I understand. You, you had that you question. Me, you you had that question. Stuff. Do you have the question asked of you, like why are you trying to act white? Why are you trying to act black? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because I went to all white school. I went to a prep school where they <laughs> set my parents down and wow. told my parents this is not a high school. This is a preparatory school. Your kids not going to college. Don't think. Don't send them to our school. You're preparing the future readers of the world. That's the school I went to. Sounds like a bunch <laughs> so, of dicks. <laughs> so, with that being said, my school is still. With a few blacks, a lot of a lot of whites, and some and and some Asians. So we we had a, we had a you know a mixed blend, and, and sometimes you know race is not identified, and sometimes race is identified in certain topics. Right. I had I had many friends of all colors, and I cho- but I made choices. I chose race is just a, a skin that's my slapped on you. Culture is what you inherit, what you accept and breathe in, and breathe out. So when I say when I say I'm black. I am not talking about race. I'm talking about my culture. My culture is black culture. Right. And I identify that. Uh, you know, the pigmentation on my skin, yes, that's black. I mean, yeah, you should know that. I should not have to say that part to you. <laughs> I mean, you, you have eyes. You're not blind. Right. You know, 
why even go there? What about culture is black? I I inherit and I identify with the black culture. Middle class black culture, but black culture nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's why I said people just gotta understand certain things. Like I'll give an, I'll give another thing that happened. Well, that, um, let, me, let me ask you a question. What, what do you mean by so, the middle class black culture? Middle class black culture mean that well that's when you put class involved into it, um, which means basically means that you have a different livelihood and neighborhood where you do where you basically. Um, Let's say this fine is middle class black culture or black culture that sometimes, as they, some people say, quote unquote, bleed into white American society. They get to they go to the same schools the white people do, so they get mixture. They get both cultures in. They get uh, the black culture and they get what white culture you're doing. And so you're, you're not you're get, not being pun- you're not being punished too. for being black. Is basically, what you're saying. Um, I'm being punished for being black. You're not being it's punished for being black. I, I, would, I would say no. I would say there's always haters out there. There's always somebody ready to punish you for something, and it's up to you to identify what type of power you have. And for me, I when I was younger, I felt the power of I'm always getting jumped on for certain things, and it's it's not necessary. And not always. I shouldn't say always. I didn't get jumped on that often. Not for being. Not for being. Uh, not for being. Black per se, but I do get jumped on. A, I think get jumped on a lot for seeing me trying to go like, get ahead. When and and by yeah, and some of them by black people, you know, trying to get ahead because they were stuck in a bad high school and I was not. And so instead of looking at the source, they was letting out their frustration. And that's the problem with it. We always let our frustration. We don't look to the source. And and that's been the biggest problem. Like right now, people, there are many people who don't vote. And people don't vote because a lot of people say, my, my vote doesn't matter. I mean, they're going to vote this time because they want to make sure somebody gets out. But, right, but, right. Usually, but usually they don't vote. And they go, my vote doesn't matter. And I always tell people, you are looking at this wrong. You are looking at it as they want you to look at it. You are a shareholder in this institution called United States of America. You are a shareholder of it. When uh, one of those people saying they're running for election, it's called as they're saying it, as, as, as it really is. They are interviewing for a job, which you get to choose whether they get or not. You are paying them with taxes. You are the employer. They are the employee. Right. Do not get it confused which way it goes. They're right. trying to convince you that's the other way around. But and this is what the rich people, is what our rich people understand, which is why they cater to them. Rich people understand this because understand this they make their demands on them. What we want to see happen, and they and a lot of presidents concede to some of those demands because they want to get reelected, and these people are the ones that are voting. Right. These people are the ones who understand that. They are doing something that they have to compete a base to get reelected. And so look at it. Look at what it, what it really is. They are interviewing for a job, for a four-year contract as a president, hoping to get extended to eight years. And 
your basis is you get to say whether or not they get that job, which most people do. No. When you are a shareholder of, a, of any institution or company, you oversee. So during the years that they're, that they're being the job that they have, which their job is to run the country, help, help be, the, be the spokesperson for all domestic and foreign issues, and make sh- and be um, the the light that, sh- that that demonstrates what we are values of America. That's what their job is supposed to be, right. you know. And if they're not doing their job as an overseer, you need to let them know. When you have even as an employee, when you have somebody, uh, you know, your boss oversees you. They may not micromanage, but they oversee. They make sure that you're doing your job. And to make sure that if it's not going the way it's supposed to go, they give you advice to put you back on course or to give you new tasks they want you to do within the confinement of the contract you signed. Same difference. And I will also add that there's a reason why that, 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 that this is the only time when the poor, the disenfranchised, the lower middle class, and the middle class have more power than the wealthy. Because this is really why they call them one percenters, because they're a small percentage. They don't have as much voting power and most power to make changes happen as the rest. And it's being demonstrated with that right now. And that's one of the reasons why you see in Seattle, the mayor of Seattle, allow an autonomous zone. Right. Why? Because she understood the people that's that hires her, people that she was representing, want an autonomous zone. They have well, there's anybody who's going to understand it. It, was, it was that woman. She understood really well her community yeah. and how things went. I mean, she, she did a great job in controlling her environment. And yeah. uh, 54 tried to, like, push her down, jab at her several times. But it was impossible. I mean, she really knew her community really well. Yeah. And they're doing a great job. Because they understand what the people want and what the I I said to call them shareholders because I have to always try to remind people, you are the boss in the situation. Those people right. are not. Those people are not. They really they have to say they're the boss. They have to convince you they're the boss. But you're the boss. That plan that he flies, that's yours. You pay for it, literally. <laughs> the house that he lives in, that's yours. You pay for with, that, literally. With, with blood. Checking, selling a percentage. Pay with for blood. It. With blood. You pay for blood. You pay for financially. You continue to support it. The fact that this institution of America exists is because you, the people, allow it to exist. That's right. He claiming talking about military action. I have family in the military, so I definitely don't want it to come to military action because that's when the military get overthrown. There's more people than the military. Sorry. Did you see how many military did you see how many military officials came out and apologized Thanks. for being part yeah. of like the, 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 the strategy of fifty four and what and for like a spec ops or, or like you know a photo op and what have you. I mean they, they apologized speaking there is a separation between church state and there is a separation between uh government officials, meaning like the Army, the Navy, the Coast Guards, and the Marines, and um, police officers. 
and to go against your your own people in the streets to protect some baloney or bullshit ideology is offensive to us as Americans and us as military officials to go against our own people. Our own our 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 motto is not serve and protect. It's it's purely to protect the American yes. people. It's offensive. Yes. It's offensive. Yes, that is true. And and yes, and definitely the military is definitely defined to protect uh, all of America's interests, society, people, everything, our way of life. That's what the military is made to define. And the military should not be utilized to attack American way of life one way or another. The military shouldn't be involved in the situation because no one is talking about seceding. (laughs) No one is talking about... Nobody wants to secede. Nobody wants to secede. So with that being said, the military has no place in this involvement at all. Um, They're feeling that way because they're saying that the people are are getting out of hand. And I have to say to people, back to to people, which people are you talking about? The American people? That's what's out there. It's the American people. If if they're getting out of hand, which was funny because I know when um, certain people a certain group was getting out of, was to me getting out of hand, marching to certain places with machine guns, talking about with the COVID ban. I actually don't know what they actually did. <laughs> did, you, did you like that one? But, Those guys who were going against COVID, white, white America was going crazy, showing up with AR-15s with, with, with 100 round clips, yelling at officers, screaming, screaming at, 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 at a monument, monumental government buildings, mm-hmm. as really as incidental terrorists, as saying mm-hmm. we, you guys are communists. We, you don't have the right. Spitting in their face, which by the way to me is assault, because assault. you might have a disease. That's assault. And screaming their way through physical that. Physical contact with another human being in which way is assault. Thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely, and you're you're doing this in a way that is sincerely scaring everybody. It's a frightening situation. Somebody thinks that one bullet goes off and this whole thing is a massacre. That's that's the Mm -hmm. only thing people are thinking. And then I, I remember, who was it? Some some senator said we should keep. Gun price is really high, so black people can't own guns. And and he was making a point like, if black people were to, were to do, I mean, he was he's a bigot, by the way. But but the point is that black people did the same thing. We want the right spitting in your face. We want the coronavirus to be done. Yet it, they would have been shot, arrested. Killed, mm-hmm. knees on the neck, you know, and that goes to show you how much racism exists in America, and that is quite frightening. I, that is quite frightening, and that's quite a bipolar existence of America. Yes, which has recently been heightened since Trump came into office, and the pro, and the thing, 54? and this is funny because 
it's funny because yeah, it's funny because when I um when my, I talk to my friends sometimes all the time about you know sometimes about him and everything and they be like oh he's not my president and I always go no. <laughs> No, he's your president. He is our president. He's your president, dude. I'm sorry to say that. He's your president. Right. I would have to acknowledge it because if you do not take ownership of it, you cannot get him out. You got to take ownership of it. You got to relate to it. And you got to say, we made a mistake. Yes, we all did. Now, now, I didn't vote for Trump. (laughs) But at the same time, (laughs) we all, as, as I always call it, shareholders of America, got him in there. So right. we all shareholders of America have to talk amongst ourselves, let everybody see what we kind of did, and then get right. them out. And I always say, like this children. is why I would say it. Yeah, yeah. I always say it like this. In my, in my and this has been my opinion of of him the whole time, and I and I will not step down for it. Now, I did, I never voted for Bush Senior nor Bush Junior. I did not like their 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 um philosophy or with their methods or their, you know, their methods or their actions sure. and rule. And, but at the same time, I've never said, or I never said that they were not um, capable of doing the job. I just didn't like right. what they were going to do. But I was said I'm capable. This man is not capable of doing the job. This man is, it's like, and I always put this, and I always put this analogy, and this is in my opinion, so whatever. But this, but I always put this analogy. It's like hiring a janitor who has no experience in Disney and making him president of Disney. Would you do that? Do you think he knows how to operate it? Right. Who cares what his intents are? He might have good intentions. Trump didn't. But he, but this guy may have good intentions. But he is not capable of running the company. He doesn't know how to run the company. Same thing. You've got somebody who had no political experience, no experience have of diplomacy, no experience with how to handle certain situations. No and experience with the military. In a spot. No, no experience with the military. And all he has is economics, at best. At best. At best. at best. at best. At best. And it's needed, but you need more than that. Because let's make no mistake. Obama had issues. Obama had issues too. You know, his platform was health care. But he understood how to deal with an economic crisis. Which he would got put on them. Because why? Because he had experience to handle multiple things. His platform was healthcare, but he came into a recession trying to lead his way to a depression. So he's like, let me put the healthcare aside, let's deal with this part first, and then we can deal with the rest. Yeah. Trump doesn't you know, have I, that experience, which is why he cannot multitask with other areas, which is showing. He couldn't yeah. handle the healthcare problem. Of, of the COVID-19, and obviously you can't, you can't handle, obviously, the virus hits you, the virus hits you, but you can handle how to, what you should do, what steps should be taken. And, you know, he, did, he does not handle that part, nor does he handle the other part of it, which is the race issue that has come abroad, front, because, and this to me was um, not offensive, but it was something for me when I heard about one of the officers getting, uh, making bail. And I was like, that, that, that part, just whatever, you know, he finally found a way to make so much dollars whatever. But the part was that they're trying to see that they can get the charges dismissed by Monday, saying that he 
was, you know, he was a, he was a good cop. He didn't he didn't touch the guy. He tried to help the guy. He was telling the other officer to get off of him, and he tried to, you know, pump the pump right back into the guy after the whole incident. And he's saying that this is a good guy. And I and I and I thought about this for a second for a very long time. And I was like, you know what? Let's just say he's a good guy. Let's give let's take that whole let's give him that benefit of that doubt, a big benefit of a doubt. Let's say he's a good guy. And say that he did all those things. The question still is, should he still be prosecuted for the full extent of the law and go to jail? And my answer to that would be yes. And my and the reason behind it would be, good guy or not, you did not do the murder. Why? Because you could have done one thing that nobody else but you and two other people could have done. You could have actually tackled the officer who had the, who had the guy's uh, me on that guy's neck. Well, let's go. These are two different conversations we're going through right now because I want to. I want. I, 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 re, I really want to stay off of fifty four because it, it isolates a lot of people and it shuts people down. People don't want to okay. hear about, you know, excuse me, but Mr. Trump and they, they don't really want to hear these conversations. But but you know when, when we you, for whatever reason. Yeah, we both have mm-hmm. our own feelings, and I think we both agree on, on how we feel about it. I, I think you and I both had breakfast and talked about it as well. But you know, you, <laughs> but, but, but but when we look at when we look at the videotape of George Floyd, how did mm-hmm. you feel when you first saw the videotape of George Floyd being murdered? Sadly, I felt like it happened again. It, it was like it was like a numb sensation. I didn't, it, I didn't get the outrage that I think I should have had that happened a little bit later. It was more of a, again, and I am thankful that right now that action is starting to happen. Like you know, we're starting to pass the laws and so forth. But I guess for me, my biggest problem has been overall. And it comes to all, all of it is that it takes. I'm tired of. I'm tired of the. Of the, for example, I'm tired of the Megan's law, the possibly Floyd law coming into effect. It basically means a law that comes in effect after somebody had died over an event that is foreseeable. You can foresee that yes, if you know if somebody who's a child molester goes. Uh, leaves jail, goes to a community. You're the, you're, you're the first person who brought brought up Megan's law. By the way, <laughs> that, that 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 is very interesting to me. Because it's all it's all connected. We as Americans are all reactionary. We always react to a situation. Even the police system, which I do believe should be um, structured, we we react. Defunded de- 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 or re- restructured, but. I think it needs to be restructured. I don't think the police should never go away because that's ridiculous. But no, no, no. I'm not, I, no, no. There, there's, there's reform, there's defund, and there's disband. And defunding is more about like, because I, I know a lot of cops. I mean, I know a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we, we know each other quite well. I've taught cops mm-hmm. for a very long time. And defunding would mean that a lot of the cops that don't want to handle the mental ill the homeless situation would go to a different department 
Right. They, they, we would have a different department for them. So defunding the police would actually reallocate money, like $1 billion that we give to Los Angeles, to $7 billion that we give to New York, to $5 billion mm-hmm. that we give to Chicago, to a different department mm-hmm. that would allow these people to, to handle these situations properly. And, and mm-hmm. I remember when this one kid was in front of my dojo in Tarzana, and he was banging his hands on the on 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 the uh, trash can, and I was teaching mm-hmm. my class. He was obviously schizophrenic. I mean, so obviously mm-hmm. schizophrenic. I called the police. I called nine one one. I said, you know, we need to pick up a guy. Uh, I said he's schizophrenic. The guy challenged me. Was very angry, uh, and he said, "Are you a psychiatrist?" And I go, "What do you give a shit?" Would you want to see my ID? I go, send me an officer right now. We need to take care of a situation. The guy ran down the street. I went after him. And uh, when the cops showed up, they showed up in force. And I said, mm-hmm. please don't kill this guy. I'm witness to this. Please don't kill this guy. He needs a 5150. He mm-hmm. needs to be put into psychiatry care. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys, they, they don't know. What a 5150 means, or they don't know what arresting a schizophrenic means. They don't know how to handle an opponent like that. They don't know how to properly take care of an opponent like this. This guy is mentally ill to the severe factor. He he needs to go to Twin Towers. He needs to be evaluated. He needs to be put into a cell. He needs to be give give, – like a really serious medication. I'm not going to say it right now because you know I'm I'm not I'm not anybody's psychiatrist, but but right. he needs to be put on serious medication, and maybe he'll come through that situation. But I don't think there's a lot of cops in the world that want to handle that situation. They want to handle situations like a guy you know breaking into a building, or a person stealing a person's purse, or breaking into mm-hmm. a Chipotle. Or that kind of stuff. What do you think? Right. For me, I'm when I say it, I say restructure, and I do think the funding needs to happen because, as you say, and I, and I say this all, this, I say all this saying that I have family who are cops, and um, and I feel like though there is a fundamental structure that is missing that cops are not being trained or they're being trained and they're always coming into a dangerous environment and that caused them to react incorrectly, which can lead to violent outcomes right. that would be unfortunate. So I need to structure. Now I don't think I don't think when I say restructure, I don't think cops be losing their jobs left and right and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, the twenty seven hundred people that wanted to leave because somebody got their head bashed in by a cop and, and the cops got suspended. Yeah, you guys can go. Right. But the rest of you cops the rest of the cops I don't think should be fired who are good cops. But I do think a restructuring needs to happen. Because just to fund the money does not solve the problem. And it's not a it's not a simple problem of just defunding and say, okay, I'll put money over here. That's, that's it. We put money over here now. We're great now. No, because those cops are still in a situation when they go out that they are trained to, for a couple of things. One, they go out, they're trained to, in a dangerous environment, they have to pull triggers their fastest. There are some of them are trained, go to other communities that they're not familiar with in the right way. And the only person they're familiar with are the criminals there, but not the other people there. So everybody's a criminal now in that community. 
and they felt they were going in a dangerous environment. Which means to three, somebody gets shot, needs to death, or killed somehow accidentally. We need a restructuring happening so that when the cops go out, they come out, go out the right mindset, and they only go after the criminals. They understand when they see certain things, they can see the situation. They have enough street smarts to see the situation and know which one is the criminal and which one is the law-abiding citizen. They need to be able to see that without thinking guilty until I find enough evidence to make you innocent. They need to go the other way around and, and deal with not trying to close something down for because of paperwork's sake, but to really investigate it and do what's needed for me so this can be solved. And I can serve, so I can serve the people. Like I said, the cops are there to protect and serve the world. That's literally what their job is. They need to be there to protect and serve the people. That is actually their job, but to protect, the, protect and serve the laws of the city. And until that part is restructured, you can't, you guys, then, you then, let's say if something lawful that is wrong comes out, that's the foundation of the law, Jim Crow laws, the law, they, you, and you saw what they did during those times, because that was their job. The job needs to change. That part needs to be restructured so they can be more effective to the people whom they should be serving, which they do not serve right now. Let me ask you a question. You know, you have your own opinions. You have your own thoughts on how America should move forward. But you do have a wife. Yes. Who is Mexican-American, who has two mixed children, both black Mm -hmm. and and Mexican, both Americans. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What are her? What are her? I don't want you to speak for her, but what what is her kind of response to, uh, to oh. what's going on? Oh, this makes her very nervous because um, when she speaks, she goes, she goes, she's very invested in what happened. It's so funny because, like, you would think from all my speaking, I'm the one who's watching the news every day and stuff like that. I watch the news maybe about twice a week and I get all my information and catch it up on it. And she watches You, you watch the news twice a week? Probably about that, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I get all the information I need to get from that whole week. Because the thing is this, and this is how I always tell people, you watch the news, okay, what you going to do about it? Sit here tomorrow and watch the same news? What are you doing about it? Right. If you're not going to do anything about it, what what you doing? So, and, and for me, I'm the type of person that I'm a person that would you know, I go, I take action a lot of times on certain events that happen. I was an activist, so I do that type of thing. Um, peaceful activist, anybody who wants to I was an activist, and I, you know, yeah. and I go out and I protest and I march and stuff like that. I haven't done it this time around only because um, I have a one-year-old and the COVID virus is still out there. So I could not yeah. commit to that because I cannot of course. Yes. bring that into the house. But Completely um, agree with you. Completely agree with you. But but your wife would go out there <laughs> and, and be protesting yeah. and marching and stuff like that. So yeah. because I can't and I'm restricted, I'm like, I can only see so much and not take action. Well, you're doing it right now. <laughs> we're, 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 you and I are protesting right now. We, we've got, right. we've got, thir- we, have thir- right now. <laughs> yeah. we have, we have 1500 people listening to us right now. And I guarantee you we're going to have about 1200 people downloading what we're talking about right now. So, you know, we are protesting right now because we don't want to go out and get the coronavirus. 
But, but what is your, right. you, you said your wife watches um, or listens to news every day. What, what are her thoughts? I mean, not that you can speak for her, but what are her thoughts? Her thoughts are uh, very similar to mine. I mean, she believes in defunding the police. Uh, um, we're talking right now about, about how would that work if we had our ways about it. And she believes, and because she's, she says she's afraid. She says she's afraid because she has black kids. You know, she has two black kids. They, 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 they have got, they have a lot of Mexican features, but they have some black features too. And so, um, my gene pool is in there. So, she hmm. it makes her afraid. What's going to happen? It's going, it makes her afraid. What happens when the babies stop being cute and they're just teenage and they start becoming more like an adult? And and. The, the, oh, the cute baby face, and oh, that's a black man now. <laughs> what will happen? So that makes us, that makes her very, very afraid and concerned about how we do it. But at the same time, she also has a lot of hope, which I do too, that stuff will start changing. Because, and I say this because, unlike, this is very unfortunate that it's had to happen this way, but because of the coronavirus hitting us all, and because we were all been restrained for so much on a, a, something that's a humanity crisis. This is a humanitarian crisis. This is a, this is a crisis that affects all humans all across the whole world. You know, we're, affect, we're about to hit what's the future of humanity here, and then somebody goes and pulls this crap. And we didn't respond well to it. And, no, and, and America was like, we are dealing with something so much greater and you have time to just do racial stuff like this? Are you kidding me? No, 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 it's got to go. And it took something like these two incidents to happen for that to happen. Because I feel like if, unfortunately, if George Floyd had, was murdered either before this event or way after the coronavirus was dealt with, we wouldn't have gotten this type of reaction. This reaction is happening because we are heightened. We all been that stuck is at an, home. For that is an interesting conversation. I want you to explain more of that thought. We've been, we've been, um, we've been, we've been stuck at home for over a month and a half, where our, all our emotions are heightened. So again, when something like that happens, and we want to think about other issues besides the, you know, we want to think about other issues besides racial. We want to try to see how we're going to survive after this. And then when this happens, this was the straw that broke. Everyone's back, like, like, okay, enough is enough. We have real serious issues going on, and you going to tell me you going, you know, what can stop somebody knee on the neck? You don't think we're going to put a knee on somebody's neck? Five officers to restrain one person. Five highly trained officers to restrain one person. Are you are you kidding me? And that caused the chain reaction that happened that we see today, where it was like, I am risking. Death, death for this because I know that every day a black man seems to be risking death just crossing the street. Every day a black man seems to be risking death going to school and coming back home. Are, are you implying that, that if we didn't have the coronavirus and unemployment that nobody would have given a shit about George Floyd? I want to say that. I want to say that people care. It's different between caring and taking action. That's what you care. I'm not sure if action would have been taken exactly for it. I don't, 
I don't, I honestly, I don't believe it would have been taken to the same extremity that it's taken right now. People would have, somebody would have protested for sure, yes, definitely. But I don't think not enough of us would. And I think that enough of us are doing it because of this happening. Enough of us are doing it because it's like enough is enough. And it's unfortunate that both had to intersect each other. But I think that's the reason why both had to intersect each other. Because it was time for enough to be enough. Not just, not just another more, another one. Because it's been happening all the time. But only now has a reaction happened to it of this degree. You know, I, I've been he's watching. Not the first, but we're hoping he'd be the last. Yeah, so, I don't know about that one. I'll be honest with you. I don't know about that one either. I just say hoping, hoping. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see yeah. how far it goes. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I, I've seen. Um... Jimmy, call you right back, Steve. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I lost you for a second. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah, it escapes logic. It, it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So it was very troubling, you know, and, you know, I, I, I do agree that it took a large amount of disenfranchised people, like people like not having jobs and the coronavirus of being stuck in their houses and the overt racism of the situation for people mm-hmm. just to pop and for things to explode. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think, I think it's a good. I, I think it's a great thing in a lot of ways because apathy is the destruction of American culture. Apathy is the destruction of what makes America great. Apathy is a thing that destroys the building blocks that makes us all human beings. And they watch another black man, woman, being shot 18 times. You know, and we're talking about, like, a woman who is, like, you know, caught in her house with a no-knock warrant. Mm-hmm. And she's shot, like, literally, like, nine times. And, by the mm-hmm. way, nobody is talking about this. Nobody is talking no. about this. That, no. her boy, that her boyfriend is still in prison for attempted mm-hmm. murder on a cop. Well, while we mm-hmm. still have castle law in that state where you didn't know what was happening, somebody was knocking on the door, slamming on the door, and he shut out the door and hit somebody in the leg, that guy should be set free. And I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I am not going to let go of this shit until that guy gets set free. Because you can't totally change – you know what I mean? You can't change the goalposts, assholes. You know, you, can, you can't not knock. And by the way, they said they they they, they claimed that they they knocked and they said so. You had a no knock warrant, asshole. You didn't have to knock. You didn't knock, okay? And when yeah. he shot out that door, he he shot out that door, and you put bullets in her and you killed her. And this guy is going to stay in prison for the rest of his existence until one of us stands still and goes, "Wait a minute." His imprisonment is not right because he no. stood by castle law. He was protecting his house. He did not have, not that it matters, 
But he did not have any priors. He did not have any drugs in his system. He was merely protecting his household and protecting his girl. And when they, now, when you they were trespassing, that you had no identification that you said you were who you said you were. That's right. You saw a bunch of we saw we saw a bunch of white shirts with no with no badges. Go ahead. And if you come with a weapon, I am allowed to protect my home. That's right. I'm allowed to have a firearm as long as it's legal, and yeah. I'm allowed to protect my home in any way, shape, or form. It's right. like it's like if you come into my home and and you came in and you thought it was somebody to burglarize me, but I end up fighting you up and killing you by accident. I should not be going to jail for it because you came into my place. I don't know what you were going to do. I thought you were coming to murder me. Right. You had no reason to be there. <laughs> right. I didn't invite right. you in. I didn't say come on in, anybody. You, right. So with that being said, and you end up killing this person's wife. By right, the city, instead of throwing them in jail, should have at best be cutting him a check saying yeah. sorry for the damages and I noticed that check is not going to make up for this but unfortunately you know we cannot bring people back from the dead so let that motherfucker to, go to, let that motherfucker go is pretty much what I'm looking for because you know that's that, that's the really the worst thing you can do is like assault on a police officer because when you when you look at all these people that look at rights and they look at glory and they look at the the magistry of being a cop, which, which, by the way, I trained my entire life. I went to college for criminal justice and forensic pathology. I taught cops for 27 years. So don't, if you want to text me an email about this shit, go fuck yourself, dude. I don't care what you have to say. Like I, I, I I've taught cops longer than you even knew cops existed. So go fuck yourself. But when I, when I look at, <laughs> but when I look at, when I look at these cops over here, it did what they did. No knock mm-hmm. warrant. You know, he shot through his door because he thought somebody was coming. He has no priors, so he's not a criminal. They knock right. through his door. They start, they start, but, yeah. yeah, they start jamming through his door. He shoots one. It goes through some guy's leg. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they, they put a barrage of bullets. One goes to the the bathroom window, one goes to the wall, one goes through here. It just eight bullets go through her. She's a dead woman. She's a dead mm-hmm. woman because her, her boyfriend tried to protect her. And then he is in prison. Now, he's in prison right now for trying to protect yeah. his girlfriend. Like, how many white people... the person they had the warrant for. That's right. <laughs> they know for a fact... They, by the, on the door. By the, by the way, they knew for a fact that the person they were looking for was already imprisoned. The guy, the, the guy they were looking for was already imprisoned. Yes. So, to, to, so they said that they had um, tr- truth and law, that they had um, um, parcels and packages sent to her house, which is, which is proven to be baloney. You know, listen, you guys made a mistake. You killed the wrong person. Boyfriend's in prison. Make it right. Give her the right of a... I say you need to restructure the police because so things like that does not happen because the funding would not have stopped that. 
restructuring would. But see, the so problem, the problem, that I have, the, the problem yeah. I have with the restructuring is that, it, you know, it's something that, that I went through a lot with the police department is, is that mm-hmm. it's body cams. And, and these guys shut off their body cams and it's listening mm-hmm. devices and they shut off their listening devices. But, mm-hmm. but when you come to defunding the police department, you, you, you have a tendency to put the money in, in areas in which help the adverse population uh, that these cops don't want to handle, like and the I'm not, poor I and disenfranchised <laughs> and, and the mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I cut you, I cut you off a little bit. But I, I, say I do believe it should be defunded within the restructuring because there's certain things that a cop should not be doing. And so it's not needed for a cop. You need somebody else to be taking on this stuff, like somebody who is mentally ill, like a social worker. Give them the resources for that so they can make sure this person's taken care right. of. There's no law that needs to be enforced. Give it to the social worker. You know, certain things they don't need to be handling. So you want to defund it, but you also want to be structured so they can be on the right set, so they can make sure they do more of so their So you're, you're talking about a combination sure. of both restructure and, and, and yeah, defund. That, yeah, that's, that, to me, it's, it's two in one. You cannot... Yeah. Um, you cannot you cannot restructure without reallocating the money because right. Right. certain positions may not be needed anymore because you're restructuring and seeing what is really needed and what is really not. You got to do it from the ground up to some degree. Again, I'm not talking about eliminating anybody's job here uh, or you cannot call somebody. You cannot call a cop when you need a cop. Yes, you can call a cop when you need a cop, but you get a cop who you are, you feel safe that they're not going to, you know, end up in a body bag. When this whole conversation is over, uh-huh. you get a you get a cop who you said is going to really take a look at what's going on, and basically make some really good interpretations of how to handle a situation. And Man, you feel that, that when the cop takes somebody's life, it's because that person, like, was there was no other choice but that cop takes my life, which is what they're supposed to be doing in the first place. When they right. pull out a gun, they're supposed to pull out a gun unless it's a danger to you or them, but it got to be in a situation that they did not start. <laughs> right. Let me so, ask you a question. What, 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 do you, what do you think of the uh, Confederate flag? I said about the Confederate flag needs to, needs to go because it's sewn in um, the beginning that slavery sewn into it as much as any other Southern value that's there. I, I'm, I am half Georgian and half New Yorker. Mostly Californians, I've been here too long now. But I am half Georgian, half New Yorker. So I know the South and everything like that. But in the Confederate flag... And this so you grew, you grew up seeing the, the, the Confederate flag then? I've seen it before, yeah. Um, and another group, I grew up as a New Yorker all the way through. But I, came, I went down South a lot. So every summer, we went down South. So, so after my summers there, and... I've seen the Confederate flag, and I understand what it represents to some and what it represents to others. And at the same time, you cannot, you cannot split it apart. You cannot say, well, you know, but it doesn't mean that to us when I look at it. Yes, but it means that to so many others. So you need to take some like, – I don't, I don't believe that this whole word that people always go, you got to be politically correct. 
I don't believe totally in being politically correct, but I do believe you need to be politically conscious. You have to understand the world around people, what's going on around everything. And you have to understand that that message basically says that it was, it's okay to rape, kill, and destroy black Americans. You just said you are good, you are happy killing Americans. They're black Americans, but they're still Americans. Black is the adjective. Americans are now. They're Americans. Right. So that's what you're right. saying. You're trying to say you are happy killing a portion of Americans. And you don't mean you may not want to say mean to say that, but that's what that flag represents. For you, a good number of years. <laughs> it's not like it happened like a four year thing or five years or six years. No. Right. Start going to the hundreds, please. You know. So think about that and then ask me, should that flag still go? Right. Now, your, your children are growing up in a different generation. Your children are very young. And yes. they'll be like, you know, in 2030, you know, they'll be, I mean, not even close to our age, I'll be honest. They'll, you know, <laughs> things, things, things will change so much, and, and they won't even be close to the age we are right now. But what, what do you want your children to learn? What do you want your what, what, what do you want your children to understand by the time it's like twenty thirty? Well, I've been trying to teach children right now, my my son right now lately because um, one of his statements that he always tells me that I always find I always get him on. He goes, "It's not fair, Dad. You're not being fair," and I always go back to him. Life's not fair. That's the first thing I always tell him. Life is not fair. It's not fair. That right now, because you're bored, be buying you a video game with somebody else who can't even feed themselves. They're wondering where the next meal is coming from. That's not fair, but this is who we are. So what you need to learn is how to take action based on unfairness. How to understand and make it work for you. How to understand and make sure that you are as fair as you can be in an unfair world. So, and hopefully... Bring some fairness to that world. And I hope that we are able to do our part to make this world a little bit more fair for my son, who then hopefully make this world a little bit more fair for his kids to come, and my daughter as well. So I am hoping that they together do it. Um, and that's what I really want to have my son learn, because you have to understand what the world is and then what you want it to be. Right now, the world is not fair. The world is not fair. It's not fair that I was able to, uh, because of my money, which wasn't even my, my parents' money, that I was able to go to get a certain good level of education, no problem, but our school system that's publicly paid, that's paid, being paid by all, all our tax dollars, is not able to do the same task, to give other kids a fair shot. It's not fair that um, that you know we all. What I'm trying to say. It's not fair that you know we as a certain individual is judged based on the color and complexion of the skin, regardless if you're black, regardless if you're Asian, regardless if you're Muslim. You are still Americans, so it's not fair that one gets hit over the other. You know, 
it's not fair that somebody's way of living is interrupted just because. And it's definitely not fair that somebody's out there needs to neck or somebody has to lose their girl because some other people trespass in their house. These are, right. not, these are not fair things. These are unfair things. And it's up to us to pick up that banner and make it as fair as possible from this point forward. Now, this is one of why I say, oh, okay. This is one of why I no, say we got to stop reacting. We have yeah. to stop re- reacting to these to, to certain things and start proacting. Because if you react to everything, then you're always behind. You need to be in front of the stuff. And 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 I always tell people, even before this, these incidents happen, I always tell people we are still reactive government, which I can tell because I saw this movie called Executive Decision, which was 1996. It was mm-hmm. about a plane being hijacked and coming to America with a bomb to part of the eastern, eastern uh, side of, of America. And, and within that, they said we have, America has no way to stop it. We've never stopped a plane in midair before. We already presented a problem that we had, and, we, and, it, made, and it made money. That movie made money. It was presented worldwide, and nothing happened until 2001 when a plane was hijacked, ran into a building. The possibility was already there. That was a foreseeable event. We all, a lot of people seen it with Steven Seagal and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Why didn't we make any actions to stop that? But then after 2001, here comes all the laws. Why must we react after somebody dies? Why can't we proact? Why can't we all who are so highly intelligent people proactively go, you know what? I see something going wrong here. Let's find something to change that before somebody dies. I don't want to name a law after this person because I want that person to still be alive. Hmm. Megan should still be alive. George should still be alive. That girl should still be alive. And it's bad I can't remember her name, but that girl should still be alive. Everybody should still be alive. Yeah. We, We don't have an incredible amount of time. But but you know you know, we could, could, you know we can go, we can talk forever. But I know, I know you you and I you and I have always been able to talk like forever. You know you and I you have breakfast together. We can talk like for a thousand years. But you know if you if you want white America to learn a thing, one thing, or a couple things. From what is happening right now, from this situation, what what would that be? My simple thing is always this. Um, I would say first and foremost, take the blindness off and take the divisions off. And, and first, go you know we are all Americans. Now, now yes, I'm black. I'm not going to say that that my can culture. I stop, got can I stop you? Can culture. I stop you for a second? I, I'm, I'm sorry, sure. it's just to stop for a second. So, you know. Some some guy put on my put on my Instagram today because I I said something about my, my I think my hashtag was Black Lives Matters and he said right. I'm a man first and then he put up a bunch of like black hands and all that stuff and of course he was he was Black American and I took that mm-hmm. as, as all lives matters. So I just erased the shit. <laughs> I just erased his comments. You know, I'm like, no, no, I don't think you, I don't think you fully understand. So fuck you. 
I think his intent was wrong. <laughs> I was mean, that? Yes, he's a man first. Yes, he is a man first. But at the same time, he also knows he's being perceived as a black man, and he also knows he is a black man. Yeah. Um, a, a cop's you know, not going to see and, you as as a man first. Yeah. And and right, a cop's not going to see you as a man first. But at the same time, he also I feel like maybe he was maybe he was trying to reclaim some power, and it's almost like for me personally. I don't feel like I need to reclaim the power because I only need to reclaim what I give to somebody else. And I, I guess I'm a little greedy. I try to keep, you know, I keep the power that you're not going to display a different power over me. Of course I'm a black man. It's obvious that I'm a black man. You got to be blind that no, I'm black, no, I'm not a black man. I am a black man. So with that being said, yes, I am a black man. Yes, I'm, I'm a black American. Yes, um, I know a cop's going to see me and see a black person. And what I'm trying to tell you is that you need to stop doing that. You need to stop trying to see a black person and see the person that's behind the black thing that you're afraid. That's why you need to be restructured. You need to be restructured so you understand that, that, that I always say this. I have, I have roots in Mississippi. I will not go to Mississippi. Mississippi makes me nervous. And because I'm nervous, I may do something stupid. Now, is it true? Is it not true? I don't know. But I know that I wouldn't go to an environment that makes me that uncomfortable. A cop needs to be put in an environment that makes them that uncomfortable on a daily basis. Yes, if you have to go and you know you have to go where you have the body armor on and, and, and all the other stuff, yes, obviously you know you're in a heightened situation. However, that's not your everyday drive. You should not be feeling that uncomfortable every day and still be allowed to have that badge and gun. Some training needs to be involved to make you feel comfortable in, the, in your environment, regardless if the training is something where you get to know the, the community better that is not criminals so you can understand that, okay, I'm not going, I'm not killing everybody. I'm not going to the spot where they're going to pull a gun on me every day. And this person right here, Billy, I know when he was a little boy, so now I know he's a, he is doing some crime. I can probably reach him differently before I have to put a bullet in him. I need to be restructured to think that needs to happen. And I need the people, I need people to see that happening. White, white America, as you say, to see that happen. So you can stop saying, oh, he's a black man. No. If you want to, if you if you want to black or something, you better say he's a black friend. But uh, but but don't just be going. Oh, he's a black man. I need to stay away from him. No, you don't need to stay away from me. You know, I I welcome everybody in my home, and they should be as welcoming as I am. And we need to stop all that hypocrisy that should have been dead hundreds of years ago. It should be stopped, and it needs to be stopped. And hopefully. Um, it will be stopped. Hopefully, it will be stopped right now. If not right now, hopefully, it will be stopped in my lifetime. What do you want to see changed? You know, now that we have the protests that are going on right now, I mean, obviously, I changed the format of my radio show for for mm-hmm. for, for a little bit. You know, to 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 stake claim on, on in these matters and to have Black Lives Matters be spoken to truth, to power. As we have this moment in time that 
it, it, it's not lopsided, but it is being corrected by American values. Would you like mm-hmm. to see more? I mean, you're watching also like, you know, uh, Gone with the Wind taking off. You're watching, mm-hmm. you know, the play shows being taken off the air. You're watching people being fired uh, for racist comments. People are mm-hmm. calling it cancel culture. I don't agree with that, of course. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. But, but, but what, what do you want to see? What do you what realistically, even as a director, because I know you're a director and a writer, what mm-hmm. do you want to see changed in this world of at least Hollywood or at least the world in the form of black America? I feel like, what needs, like I said, what needs to change it to me is, and I probably hopping on to death, but is the restructuring. Is the we need to really just realize uh, that we all. I feel like we all, you know, that we all are Americans in a lot of ways. And and yes, my culture is black, and I am proud of it. But, but we are all Americans, and and you and I think people, everybody should learn that. That what it means to be what it means to be all the races in America. I feel like that we're very one-sided. Like, for example, uh, slavery is not really taught in school. It should be. It happens. Happens for a short amount of time. Happens for a short amount of time while you're going through all these other people. It needs to be taught, and it needs to be taught that it was wrong. It needs to be. It, it needs to be taught, and and we should be having. Something with, like, you get, you know, you want to get a book by John Adams? There needs to be more stuff. I had to take black history in college to, to learn a lot of that stuff. That, that, that is, you know, I shouldn't need a college education to learn about slavery in America. Right. And... And the funny thing was, I remember um, when I took a history class in college, the, my teacher, God bless her, my professor, she basically was like, what's, you know what history is? It's his story. That's what history is. So let's look at his story. So I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. But, uh, but she hit on it, and she was teaching a black American, a, you know, a African-American class and everything, and it was just funny how, you know, some people breaking it down. But, yeah, it needs to be taught. I mean, it needs to be taught. Not to, and, again, not just – I want to say black people, but, you know, because people aren't just – I know they're always white and black, but they're Asian. We've got Asian Americans. Um, so I'm in Asian Americans because there's a few others. Sorry, people, you got to learn Chinese, Japanese. You know what I'm saying? Learn the cultures. We need to really all – if we all want to be treated equally – we need equal education about the history that makes up our country. Because make right. no mistake, it wasn't just white people that did everything to this country. Black people, Asian Americans, we all wanted to sit in our hands waiting for, you know, certain things to happen. That did not happen. White people were doing some stuff, so were blacks, so were Asians. And then you got to, again, again, that's simple. The Irish, you know, the Polish, the Chinese, the Japanese. Um, the blacks and all the stuff that comes with it. The Jamaicans that came in, uh, after, if you want to be a month of black, 
be your educational melting pot. Start there. And when you start there, then when the kids grow up and get older, maybe people won't have so much animosity towards certain races and certain right. cultures. They got to start from the ground up. And that's also a restructuring in our educational system. Everything needs to be restructured. One thing I was telling my wife, my wife was, uh, and I were talking about um, welfare. And, and she was talking about that, you know, that people should be stuck on welfare. It's just a little bit of time if they're not doing anything. We need to, like, have a plan for them to get off. I said, yes, but the problem with that is, is that I, believe, I agree with you, but you also need to make sure that they have a form. Nobody wants to get off welfare and have a job, a, a no-thank-you job, and, and be stuck at a bad job that pays just about maybe a little bit more or probably a little bit less than a welfare day. That is stupid. Nobody wants to go lateral and be stuck. Give them an opportunity for them to have a career. Now, this doesn't mean they're going to have a career, but they have an opportunity to have one. They will stick with that, and then they will, and they will try harder if you should promise them something to fight for. Simple as that. So we need to restructure it in a lot of things of America. And when you do that, you will find a lot, number one, a lot less crime and a lot better people looking for employment. And with better employment and better opportunities out there, job and economics will, will go up. Because people will be creating new jobs, filling those jobs up with people with careers that can flourish. There's no reason to be a criminal if you have an opportunity. Because even a criminal is looking for an opportunity. Before we go, you know, speaking about your children, what do you want mm-hmm. them to learn from this incident? What do you want them to grow up to understand about what has happened today and what they should be in the upcoming new America? I would say what they, could, they should learn today, and this is what made me happy, is that, yes, you know, Black Lives Matter, and and I'll even go further. Black Lives Matter to everyone, because not just black people who are marching. It's a lot of people who You're not alone when an injustice is done. You're not alone when something bad happens. You have people you can look forward to within your black community and also without your black community. You can you can look to overall for help and move forward. And as, and as I said before, if you have people who are that call it shareholders of America, then you can make so many things happen. Never doubt the power that you have. And and like I said, you have more power than even the wealthy people because the wealthy people that make change, they got to get millions of deaths and millions of dollars to get people in place. You have the people in place. You don't need to spend a million dollars. You already have the people. Just get it in place. You have more power than you realize, and you are not alone. You can make any action happen. One day my wife and I were talking about is what action that I would think should happen if I had to say is I don't think uh, I think we should pass a law that, that certain government officials cannot uh, elect justices for life who agree with their political messages because that doesn't help anything. The people should do that. And that's my personal feeling that. The people should say how you should interpret the law. 
And so they should be the ones who elect the justices for life, like anybody else. <laughs> See, if we you're, can't do eight years. We think if you stand up, you still want to make, know what you can do for life. Thought I'd say so. Right. Did you, did your mother share any thoughts of her, of her own about what's going on right now? It's funny because I I shared I think my thoughts on Facebook and I asked my mom what she thought and she just and the only thing she told me was, oh this this is your time you go you you kids do your thing. <laughs> and it's good being That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> she, this is your wow. Time. <laughs> Wow, this is your time. <laughs> that says a lot, man. That's a mm-hmm. lot. because she she was born during during Martin Luther King's time. I mean, she was yes, she was she alive was. during during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I understand what she's saying. She, is what she's saying? I don't want to guess, but is what she's saying is that this is a young man's game, and you guys better go fight for your rights. Or was she saying like I don't care and go take care of it yourself? Uh, more of the former than the latter, definitely. She was just saying uh, that you guys got it. She's basically giving us a blessing, passing the torch down. Yeah. Like, like you guys got it. I trust you with the future of our generations. And and she says so. You know, I don't need to. You don't need to for me to interfere because you guys got it. You guys know what you're doing. I am supporting what you guys are doing. Give me my you know, and I'll like, you, you, you and I have known each other for a long time, and we, we, we traveled to Arizona, and we spent, you know, intimate time together as friends. And we have a movie mm-hmm. together, and we have, I think, I think a special relationship. You know, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. I, I've got, I was attacked several times for me protesting and I was attacked for my show even today uh, for people saying like forgotten people. I'm not forgotten. I'm black, but not forgotten. And somebody else saying like, I'm a man for, you know, people are very angry and they want to speak. They want to speak their anger and and I get it. And I completely understand that. What is your advice to people like Ellen DeGeneres and Emma Watson and the people like myself that can satisfy what seems like everyone? I would say keep doing what you're doing. I mean, yes, there are going to be some people who are going to lash out because they don't, they don't either understand or know. Like, like for me personally, I knew you were doing forgotten people for the, uh, you know, disenfranchised and homeless way before, because you talked about this last year. <laughs> yeah. And none of this happened last year. So I know what this was for. So because I knew the history of it, I was like, oh, he changed it for us. Good. Right. You go, my man. You know, so I understood that. Some people will not, but they're not, but when they're lashing out, they're not really lashing out at you. They're lashing out because Ameri- they feel like America sees them that way sometimes. Like they forgotten mm. people. Like, oh, we're not forgotten. We're here, Dad. They just you're just a person that they can lash out to. They can't make it to the other spot <laughs> that they they should right. be lashing out to. So, and they have to let the outlet go somewhere. But I would say 
to everybody, you know, when somebody lashes out, don't get discouraged. Just tell them, you know, I understand, and I understand what you're saying. And, you know, just let them know what, what it is and just be like, I'm fighting for you. And that will and that will mean so much to them. And then they'll go and, and then you just stop them in the tracks. And right. Right. and they know they want to know that you fight for them. You want to know that, yes, you on my side. Yes, you still on my side. You know, I mean, the the one thing that got me was um, when I saw and this, this is about the lashing out. When I saw this uh, black woman from New York, her place just got rioted, and it was. With uh, unfortunately, it was a whole bunch of people, uh, and it got right, and she got, and she lashed out at uh, every one of them, and she sure. told them, "Oh, you all better be registered to vote." <laughs> she, she, that wow. You all better be registered to vote. So don't you take that stuff here. And she goes, "You go to the businesses if you want to go somewhere. Ever do it here again?" And they all clapped and left. <laughs> right. And and um. I gave her such respect because it's like there are there are only people who are lashing out, and you just gotta let them understand what the root of the problem is. Stop lashing out over here. This is the root. You go there. You go there, and and obviously you shouldn't be writing. It's just down the butt right now. Um, but you go there and take and state what you need to state. You find out what the root of the problem is. And you go and solve it. That is, that is our job as Americans, right? As shareholders of this country, our job is to find out what the root of the problem is, and then let our officials know right. that I need to concentrate on this. Homelessness is a and, problem. Concentrate on that. And vote. And people, yeah, we need to vote. Yeah, of course. It's like if you are a supervisor, you're not going to you know, you're not going to say when you're hiring who you're hiring. You are a supervisor. Remember that, people. You are a shareholder of this institution in America. You vote. You make your country to who you are hiring, given a contract for four years, four to eight years. And I didn't mean just for the president. Everybody else who's who going for elections, who's interviewing, as I call it, but running for elections, mayors, governors, districts, they all are running. <laughs> you go find out about them, find out who you're hiring, vote. Then don't stop there. Check up on them. Check right. and see, are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? And if they're not, let them know you are looking. They, I am not, don't let them know you're being lazy because then they'll run them up. Let them know you are looking and you expect something. Right. They will tend to your needs. If they know how, if, if they realize that you realize how powerful you are, they will give you your needs. They will Focus on your attention. Believe me, whatever problem you having in America with your family, driving, education, all that stuff, they will tend to your needs because they now know that you are looking to either keep them in or take them out. Right. Place them with somebody who can. You will see drastic improvement. We're done. Thank you so much for you being here. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm I'm so happy they were friends, and I'm so happy we've known each other for such a long time. I've been blessed of knowing you for as long as I have. Thank how you should how, how should my audience? How should the audience know how to reach out to you if you want that? Oh, you can always find me on um, Facebook. 
I do have email, but my, my Gmail gets trapped so much that I have to probably find you. Facebook, I, I, look, I look at most often. Instagram, as you well know, I don't look at as much. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say, find me on Facebook. My name is Ty Maine, spelled T-Y-M-A-I-N-E, Clay, C-L-A-Y. And there are not that many of us, so you'll find me. <laughs> and, and, yeah, follow me. Please reach out. Let me know what you guys think. And if you wish to have a discussion, um, intellectual, either or otherwise, yes, follow me. Because nothing can happen unless discussion happens. And we yeah. do need – and, again, as shareholders, we need to discuss before we can make an action plan. So we should discuss. <laughs> no, it was a great discussion today. You know, I, I appreciate everything we spoke about. And you spoke very clearly, truth to power, what you felt and what you thought. What your children were going towards, and what your what your wife was was dealing with herself, you know. You talk about your mom and in situations like that. I really appreciate your time today, and I really appreciate your truth, Tymaine. And uh, God bless you, and I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you, my man, and thank you for having me. I'm very honored. We're gonna give you the clap out, my friend, before we go out. Here we go, clap out. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, my friend. Thank you so much for being Goodbye. on. Thank you. Bye. These are not easy conversations. And the things we talk about uh, sometimes go sideways. They're not easy to discuss, they're not easy to articulate. And they're not easy to solve. I mean, if they were easy to solve, then they would be solved by now, wouldn't they? What I love about Taimane is Taimane is very open to a lot of cultures. He's a man of the world. He's a movie maker. He's a writer. His wife is Hispanic, Latin. I can speak about his other wives, but, you know, listen... His wife right now is the one who bore his children. It's the only one I care about at the moment. And I, I may sound like a jerk right now for saying that, but it, it just, it's just the way it flies for me. You know, this woman gave him his children, and that's what I'm going to focus on. That's it. And uh, he has mixed children. And, it, you know, a little like Charles Carpenter, who is half black and half Hispanic, who we've had on for our second episode, they're the same culture. And it is quite frightening to think about what their future holds for them. Being in this world, being in this country, evolutionary state that we're in right now, and thinking how they will be treated, how they will be trusted, where they will go, regardless of their dreams. It frightens me to think of that. And I shouldn't be frightened for a certain portion of Americans. It doesn't make any sense. We spoke a little bit about the Confederate flag earlier today, and I want to end on this. The Confederate flag has no place in America. It was based on the South trying to defeat 
the North, during the Civil War, these people lost that war. Bringing up arms against America. People that you call heroes today. They tried to destroy them, kill them, destroy their ways of life. The Confederate flag has no place in modern America. Zero place, no place, abstinent place, zero place in modern America. And that one driver, that one jackass who wanted the Confederate flag to continue to go because he he believes that all flags should be flown. Well, how about the Nazi flag, jackass? Maybe that should be flown. At the same time, if you don't if you don't believe that any flag should be dis- denounced, how about the Nazi flag? They lost, by the way. They lost too, and so did the Confederacy. And when you look at our general bases that we hold honor to, that we love, why shouldn't one of them called the McCain base? He's a hero. He's a real American hero. Not a bunch of dipwads who brought arms against our own people and fought against America, and by the way, lost. It's important to understand history. There's a reason why people are destroying slave owner statues and throwing them into the river, or destroying statues of Confederate men and women. So far as I know, it's Confederate men. We're not going to stand up for this any longer. We asked for a long time for change, and nobody was listening. Well, if you're not going to listen close enough, then we're going to make change happen. That's the way it works, right? If you told your children... That I don't want you to dare marry a black man. Which I know, by the way. I've, I've known a man, a grown man, who told his children. I don't want you to marry a black man. I don't like black people. I don't want you to marry a black man. You know what they did? His two daughters did? They married black men. And they have black children. You know what he did? He changed his mind. Now he has all the love in the world for them. You see how the world works? The world works in the part of empathy. And ulterior motives. They come back at you. And make you think about the decisions you made. Make make you think about... The ideas you had. And they often slap you right in the face. I often will tell my students. 
If you don't want your children to do something, don't tell them anything you hate or dislike. <laughs> Just how I see the world. We've changed everything. You were all doing the right thing. Protesting. Speaking your truth. Instagram, Facebook, saying things that you need to say. And God bless you, you're doing the right thing. Are you out there protesting, getting COVID-19? Maybe not. But you're doing the best that you can. And God bless you for that. I want you all to know that I love you with all of my heart. And this is a time of reflection. Who are you? Are you a good person? Are you a bad person? Have you read that book? Have you written that book? Have you watched that movie? Have you written that movie? Are you a better person because of George Floyd or because of these other people who passed away? Do you understand why people are fighting? Do you understand why we want change? Do you understand why Colin Kaepernick took a knee? If you don't, then I think you need a little bit more lessons. I don't blame you. I don't hate you. I don't want to hate you. But I want you I want you to think about this. We all want love. We all want compassion. We all want a better life. And we all want a better future. What do you want? Be on the right side of history. Be on the right side of history. Think about these people. I am Steve Pisa. This is Forgotten People. Please think about what I said today and I hope you goodwill and be well. I love you all. Be well.